and welcome to 9 to 42, the podcast from the team at the Guitar Show UK. Join us for interviews, updates and chat with artists, influencers and those that manufacture the gear that we love. Hello and welcome to 9 to 42, which is the podcast from the guys at the Guitar Show UK. And Jace is, well, Jace is slightly hoarse. If you notice a change in his voice tonight, uh, uh, he's slightly hoarse. But I'll let you tell us why, Jace. I had my first rehearsal in about 18 months last night and uh, bellowed over uh, electric guitars, 100 watt amplifiers, and had forgotten how much hard work singing actually was. Uh, and also managing to keep it in tune. I'm quite out of practice. But the magic slowly creeping back in, is it? Uh, yeah, I was. Uh, it's it's really weird that I'd, I'd driven there and I'd, I'd left the house with, and I was like, oh, I must listen to the CD of the songs, and then didn't got in the car and listened to something completely different. Actually, I listened to a lot of Talk Sport, um, and a lot of Villa fans complaining about Jack Grealish, of which I just found hysterical. Um, and then I got there and I walked into the room and I was like, I can't remember any of the words. But as soon as we started playing, like muscle memory kicks in, and I, it, mm. I, I only made one mistake, and it was just like, wow, right, pff, no idea. But you know, beginners look, it'll have changed by next week. <laughs> um, and we're we're over the moon uh, tonight to have Matt from uh, Fidelity Guitars with us. Hi, Matt. How are you? Hey, yeah, I'm all good, thank you. Is that it? That's it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, no, no. Live from I'm, Cambridge, I'm, you're not going to like, expand on that. Likewise, over the moon, yeah. It, 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 yeah. it seems to, whenever I do podcasts, it seems to be on a Friday, Friday evening, so this is this is nice for me. I'm going to sit down, have a chat, got a beer. Yeah, you've got a beer on the go. Yeah, good lad. Well, I've got the whole bar lined up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and whiskey oh, too. Yeah. You've got, you got a little chaser going yeah. on there. Yeah. Oh, that's you are that you're becoming our most rock and roll guest so far. I think Mark, Mark Abraham he was drinking uh, he was drinking bourbon, wasn't he, mm. or something? But that's 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 fairly. Oh, we like that. We like that. Thanks. Well, I figured I've just literally just left the workshop, sort of dashed home through the roadworks, jumped in the shower, and then straight straight onto this. So I, I thought you might benefit from me livening myself up a little bit rather than yeah. just being completely. That's brilliant. Badly that? behaved so, from Cambridge. Yeah. We like it. You didn't have to shower for us though. <laughs> It's, no. it's just audio. <laughs> God, no. and I did. I, I had the mask on all day. So I've been, been processing wood all day. So literally, just <laughs> had the like, face paint, the, the wood, the dust face paint on. So yeah, it wasn't a good look. But. Uh, before we start, and, and as per normal, Jason's done the research, and I'm and I'm and I'm winging it uh, as is always is the case. I've just been hanging my nose uh, over some guitars on your website but the thing that i must mention only because if there is a link it's a link to to me today i was looking at uh, i was looking at the front page of your website the double standard which you have, uh, have have you've put addictively playable sonic screwdriver as the little tagline so i'm going to have to ask you are you a doctor who fan <laughs> I only a minor one more more generally sort of a, a sci-fi nerd um right not, not not massively doctor who but yeah, yeah i definitely will watch it but yeah it just seems to it, it seems to work this is this is the marketing shtick that that won't leave my brain coming out sort of trying to come up with little forward headlines and stuff and it seemed to seem to work for that one 
I, I like I like that. I like, I, it's, the only way it's I'm I've started rewatching the Matt Smith Doctor Who. Um, just I don't know why I just started. Well, I, I remembered an episode called "Let's Kill Hitler," and I thought, "Well, I'll watch that again." And then I've carried on from there. Um, and it was just with that I thought, "Oh, I wonder if he's a I wonder if he's a Hoovian, you know, like this secret, <laughs> secret Hoovian." Just a just a smidge, a smidge, just a smidge of Hoovian. More of a more of a Trekkie, to be honest. But are you really? Mm. Uh, yeah. Classic Trekkie ne- or next generation, probably. Yeah, right, but, um, okay. but not not Picard. That was a real letdown. I don't know if you saw that on was it on Amazon Prime. It was on Prime, and and I think once I'd got over the first five minutes of realising that a load of it had been filmed at Anaheim at the convention (laughs) centre. So for all of us in MI, we were going, oh, I've been there, I've been on top of that roof, I've been there, there's a a little bar there, and I've been up those stairs. So once I'd got it, because they filmed loads of it, they used it for two or three different locations. Yeah, it's like Starfleet HQ or something, yeah. Yes, it is, it's Starfleet HQ. So, so there was that bit which was quite exciting, and then I, I got about three episodes in and thought, "This is this is shit." This is just shit. <laughs> yeah, and it was, it was a real really shame. It was, yeah, because he's um, he's a son of Huddersfield, Patrick Stewart. Okay, so I, I live I live just outside of Huddersfield, and he's one of the half a dozen famous people from Huddersfield. Mm. Uh, and he was Chancellor of the University up until recently. And he's, and he's let just, you down. And he's <laughs> let me down. He's a downright lovely fella. Downright lovely. And the best Scrooge I've ever seen. But <laughs> Picard was a bit of a disappointment. Yeah. So yeah, I'm with you. So. Yeah, okay. Right, you better you better you better rescue us now, Jace, because I don't know where you know, to go now. Um I'm sorry. <laughs> so, um right, uh, Matt. Um I I scrolled through your history on Facebook because uh, you've done the guitar show for three shows, is it? I think it's three, yeah, yeah. Um, obviously missing twenty one, so twenty nineteen and eighteen. You started according to Facebook in May twenty sixteen, um, and I'm just kind of I'm intrigued to know because you, you mentioned on the Facebook page that it, it was a completely different career. How do you go from whatever you did and what was it that you did do to making some of the most unique and cool-looking guitars I think you've ever seen? Yeah, yeah, it, it was literally sort of two two feet into it. So, as um before before I did any of this, I had to, sort of ten years in in marketing. So, working for a, an agency um, originally down in in Bath or, or Bath, depending on. Uh, your upbringing, but um, so we'll go, let's, go, let's go Bath. Let's go Bath. Or whether you uh, think there's an R in it, which the uh, clearly is. <laughs> um, uh, and so yeah, down there, and then and then in London, um, and and I was going well, so I was good at it. But then it got to the point where it just it it, it just made me so unhappy <laughs> to, to sort of turn every day and started to suffer with sort of anxiety issues around public speaking and stuff. Which when you're sort of trying to win new client business and sort of talk to rooms for the people is a, is a fairly big problem um so I sort of went through that and and in the process of sort of uh, getting past that sort of decided that I really had to do something that I could put my energy into that I actually sort of loved and enjoyed and and, and got a bit more back out of so had a year's notice from from that job 
Um, and then during that year, I sort of found a little space in the back of a, an old barn that was part of a sort of an old plant nursery. Some guy bought on the edge of town um, had a one electric cable that was running out of the window of his bungalow. Um, that the electric cut off every time his daughter had a shower, <laughs> <laughs> Just, um, and got in there and um, bought. Uh, so it came at it with no no woodworking background at all. Um, so the first tool I bought was a, a CNC, so a, a sort of computer controlled router. Um, didn't have a plane, didn't have a chisel or anything like that. Um, but did have a bit of sort of tech knowledge and a little bit of engineering background. So designed some some shapes, started cutting some stuff up. Um, and then, sort of, yeah, January. So first, first sort of stuff would have started coming together around May 2016, like you said, and then went full-time, finished my old career December 2016 and went full-time as a luthier January 2017 <laughs> and, uh, and rented a, an industrial unit off the, the council here in Cambridge and, and just sort of went from one to the other within the space of a month. With, with zero experience. Wow. Well, I'll just jump in for a second just to say that does explain one thing, which it means the, the, the shots, the way you've done the shots, they are beautifully staged in a way that suggests they've not been staged. <laughs> Thanks. Now I know you've got a marketing background. Yeah. Then I'm wondering how long you played with the individual, you know, leaves of those plants to get them to fall exactly <laughs> the way they did. Them. <laughs> um, it, it was the it was the really great battered, the sort of slightly battered brown suitcase behind um, the lights, and I thought, oh, yeah, I don't know where that doctor's really... bag came from. It was a charity yeah. shop find, I think. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah, but yes, so <laughs> that explains a lot, actually. Um, about um, they're not random, are they? They've been very well put together. No, as, I mean as has sort of a lot of the other stuff around the the, the brand. I, I think I had a website before I built a guitar, and so and that's, I, I think to some people that sound really cynical to, to sort of create create the the concept of a guitar brand before you've actually built anything. Um, but I think it was really important to, to me in sort of looking at the, sort of the the smaller builder market um particularly in the uk or, or sort of the industry and the guys who are doing it there's so many guys out there making amazing stuff and you go search for the website and it it just looks like shit and it doesn't look professional and you don't know if you can trust them or don't know if you trust to give them thousands of pounds of your money and stuff so i thought coming from that background sort of that marketing background if you taught me anything it was that you've got to look <laughs> you got yeah. to look look the part before anyone's going to take you seriously well you nailed that just just you know before we carry on you absolutely nailed oh, that i think the, the imagery is absolutely fantastic really really good including to be fair the backdrop mm-hmm. for your zoom for this which is equally beautifully put together Scott, which side am I? that's like we've got ringo oh, that's sneaking side, yeah. in yeah, the not, background not, yeah. yeah not your alcohol stash on the other side which is just <laughs> out of shot the uh you know including the the, the the cheeky bit of beatles um you know imagery on the back wall as well so yes very yeah very well we've got the, the tone king get that tone, i've had that tone king amp for years i had to go and buy that i bought it on ebay and the guy insisted to go meet him in a car park in over of a train station in south london at like midnight <laughs> to get it. and i think it's legit because he turned up in like an audi estate so i think he i think he was just a busy man and and he All wasn't right. just trying to avoid the police or anything but that's been a great amp yeah no it looks fab Anyway, sorry, Jace, I'm interrupting again, aren't I? Yeah. So, it, so you said you got no experience as a uh, a guitar builder. Had you had had you actually built anything for yourself just for fun before that? 
No, they sort of fiddled around with guitars. So I think the first first electric I got was um, 16. So it would be my uncle's Honor Marlin, so black strap copy, um, and hacked mm. that to bits and changed everything on that. Um, and then the next up was a Epiphone Riviera, so, and again changed everything on that. So it so fiddled around with guitars, but had never done any of the, the, the woodwork at all. So no no practical skills on that front whatsoever. Wow. So, pretty dumb it, <laughs> pretty dumb yeah. isn't it yeah <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it's dumb i think he's really brave um going self-employed is always a dumb slash brave thing to do um you know particularly if you come from a completely different industry um you know so i'm re- I, you know i'm assuming it, it's working really well for you because the profile seems to be growing all the time you know there's lots of magazine reviews and so on now that you seem to have a good online presence which is probably explained by your marketing background you know but uh, you know it I, I it's a really impressive thing to do you know oh, thank thank you I, yeah i will take take the, the compliment even if, if <laughs> my <laughs> own opinion of how stupid or not it was is that it's maybe slightly different but no i think it's, i think you're probably right in that i mean that, that's for me that was kind of the easy bit was to, to, to blow up a, a career and just go full power and something else is, is actually reasonably easy to do you just have to stop doing the other thing but sort of keeping it going for uh, another sort of four and a bit five years is, is then the sort of tricky bit as you actually learn what <laughs> what the business you're now doing is but yeah fortunately it's um it seems to have stuck it's obviously been a, a massive roller coaster of sort of some big ups and, and, and downs over that period but yes it's finally getting to the point where it's sort of studied out into a, into a semi-sustainable business which is which is great that, that makes things a lot easier how long you know well first off how many designs did you open up with you know did, yes. did you open up with one did you open up with two how many did you start with that's the first part of the question and then the second part of the question in those early days um, a, how were you getting the word out and getting the interest? But also, B, how fast were you able to react? How long was it physically taking you to put, you know, you get an order in and and, and at some point, if you're not dealing from, because you're not going to build guitars, like that many guitars, I guess. You've got to build some to create the interest. But there's a, if, you know, with so many options, you can't, you can't build, you're not building for stock effectively. So how long was it taking to, to get the initial orders out? Right, right at the start, so I built fifteen prototypes, something like that, which was really just to teach myself about wood a little bit, doing nothing about different types of wood and different pickups and that kind of thing to to learn what what worked for me and what sort of fit the idea I had in my head. And then, and then within sort of the first few months of going full time um, and just hammering sort of Instagram and and facebook not not sort of paid stuff just putting content out there as much as possible managed to get a few a few orders on the books and then everything from there sort of is it has been customer led so the first shape was that double standard and it's it's changed a bit sort of since 2017 the sort of it's a much more refined shape now than it, it was then um but all the time it'll be customers saying can you put this type of pickup on it can it have a slightly different shape can it be can it have an f-hole and then that spirals into a different model and a different model so it's it's all been quite organic in that sense of starting with one model and then and then listening to what people have asked to have and then sort of developing those ideas into full-blown sort of additional models for the range 
Um, so the, the sort of best example of that would be um, sort of the, the Stella Rossa shape, which is kind of a T T shape ish, um, but mm. sort of much more catalogy, sort of a bit bit more sort of rectangular. But that was from Mark Ransley up at Mojo Pickups, who winds winds all of the pickups for our, our guitars, um, and he's got an old Stella Japonica, um, so a catalog Japanese guitar from the sixties, uh, and basically, can you do me do me this or something like this? And the original one, if you see it, it looks like someone's got a rectangular block of wood and just sort of attacked attacked it with a bandsaw, and it's kind of <laughs> it's, it's not a very pleasant shape. So it's like, if you let let me fiddle around with it, and I'll come up with some different bits and bobs. And so that was born out of that that request, and now that's probably the most popular guitar that that, that I do. So it's 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 very much been sort of a process of just listening to what customers want and and, and developing it from there. They are so unusual in their shape. Which is, is is wonderful because I, I'm not sure the world needs another T or S shaped guitar or an LP shaped guitar. It's just like you can yeah. get it from like a million suppliers. Was that like a conscious decision that you you didn't want to do that? Yeah, hundred percent. And also the fact that there's so many not not just that sort of Fender Fender have been making Strats forever and, and and know how to do it, but there's so many other sort of luthiers out there. Um, in this country, in the US, and, and around the world, that, that make brilliant strat copies that are much better, sort of craftsmen on a on a woodwork level than and have much more experience than than I do or did. Um, I thought there's no point trying to compete with that. Like there's there's already those great versions of those guitars out there. Um, it's much more interesting for me to to make something new and and potentially, although it's a harder sell because because people know what they they want and they and guitarists tend to be quite traditional um, but it's potentially easier to sell to, to go with something new where you're not directly competing with with a lot of really great builders out there i was having a look over some of the some of the imagery as again just because uh, because it is that they're, they're beautifully shot you know i mean it is as a as a sort of a as guitar porn goes you've absolutely nailed it haven't you um yeah. you know Thanks. it really it, they, they really really they are they are just such a such a mix of finishes and a mix of uh, of, of plates and, and accompanying hardware they they they're just you know you you move around and everything's just you move to the next one and go wow wow oh i like oh, that. i you. like that one and then it's oh bloody hell no i really like that um <laughs> um which is you're very instagram friendly i imagine yeah i think that's it's been responsible for probably 90 percent of the the guitars that we've sold it's um it, it's probably all down to sort of word of mouth on and Instagram is 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 probably it. And um, I I enjoy being on there looking at looking at other people's guitars. It makes sense to be on there, sort of trying to trying to show off what we're up to. You know, same as everybody else. You've had the we've had the pandemic. You've um, you know it would have affected the way you work. It would have affected your go to market structures and all those kind of things. For a relatively young company, that hits. What when you're you've only got a couple of years under your belt, I guess, at the point in time when we 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 face we you know we face the the, the pandemic. How's that? How, how did that affect you? How how the you know how is your business the same? It's come out. Has it affected affected the way you work? 
Yeah, com- yeah, complete, completely different. So it was, um, it was, it was going okay up to that point, but sort of very small numbers. So in sort of one or two sales a month makes a big difference. Up to the point, it was pretty, pretty sort of up and down. And then, um, obviously, we went to first lockdown. What was it March twenty twenty? I think I had a yeah. month where I didn't speak to anyone. So not, not, not one conversation with sort of a potential customer or or anything. Obviously, because everyone was a bit shell shocked. Um, and then I think once everyone settled into um, sort of reality of being stuck at home and having a bit of extra cash in the pocket from not spending it on commuting or whatever it might be, then it's things that sort of blew up at that point and, and we've been sort of absolutely slammed ever ever since. So from the pers- <laughs> from the business perspective, it's been a, a, a massive boon to us, particularly as a sort of a young company like you say, to try to, to get that sort of the volume of orders in to, to, to stabilise things a bit Um it's just a shame that it takes a global pandemic to to make that happen. Um, but but yeah, I'm very grateful for for sort of the way it's gone. And have you had to refine your working practices then? Because I mean, you just mentioned there that initial month. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the world collectively took a breath and tried to work out what the hell was going on. And I think I think you're right that you know I think all of us probably found in the first two. I mean, we, I spent next to nothing in the first three or four months of the pandemic. It seems to have changed since then. But those first few months, you literally, none of us were going anywhere apart from a weekly shop and we weren't really spending anything. And at that point in time, a lot of the online shopping was, was focusing purely on, on Toilet necessities. Rolls. Yeah, <laughs> purely on, on bog roll and pasta. Um, you know, and so it opens up a little bit further down. But obviously you start to then pick up orders um how have you coped with that because that's a challenge for a young business isn't it uh yeah. i mean you can't you you can't just go and hire two oh i need another luthier i'll just i'll just pop an ad out i'll have one by the weekend yeah no, exactly um yeah it's uh it's definitely been a challenge it's still it's still just me at this stage um so i've had have um some part-time apprentices that pop in every now and again to, to help out when they can but it's, it's really just me um, and so, yeah, to go from sort of uh, working on just the current couple of orders that are in and doing those to then having sort of a backlog of 40 uh, at one point and, and working out how to sort of batch process stuff like that is, is a massive change. Um, and unfortunately, a, a lot of people have been very, very, very patient um, in, uh, in in waiting through that and just seem to be excited to be sort of part of the, the process. Um, but yeah, it's, it's necessitated sort of a, a change of, premises so we moved into a new shop just um in may this year so a couple of months ago um which has made things a lot easier where it's um the old shop this is sort of the third workshop now and each time they've got slightly bigger this is the first one where it's actually more like a, a compartmentalized factory so it's kind of a there's the dusty room with all the machines there's the room with the cnc that just sits mm. there screaming in the background all day there's the front room that actually looks like sort of a an artisan's workshop but at least it allows you to sort of build process uh and move from sort of station to station and stuff like that so th- this week for example i've managed to sort of put 20 10 20 bits of wood into 20 guitar bodies so it's just getting up to that point now where you can just it's repetitive and but it's it's sort of at the same time it's never boring because they're all slightly different to each other which is kind of the fun bit of doing making everything sort of slightly slightly custom as much to try and mm. sort of define what the model limitations are everything everything ends up a little bit different and was the was the move to the light designs then was that an attempt to try and at least standardize a bit of it or at least reflect the fact that you needed to have the ability to produce a model in a, in a shorter time frame 
Yeah, p- p- partly that. Um, and I've been thinking about sort of doing some solid body stuff for a while because everything else, uh, sort of the premium ones, are all are all chambered, so they take a bit more work. Um, but also, it was just it was sort of a slight terror at the <laughs> the prospect of an ongoing sort of pandemic and lockdown, where the main sort of a group of customers being musicians were going to be out of work and and not yeah. having any sort of income and, and not realistically going to be in a position to spend sort of two grand plus on a on a guitar that seems that seemed um impossible at, at that point in sort of march of, of last year so so yeah it's part part of it was out of trying to simplify things and part of it was just to think how can i do this at a price point um where where people can potentially afford it during however long this this situation was going to go on but did that not create you then a problem of of the order book going up even even faster yeah. <laughs> right yeah. okay but these I'd, I'd i'd rather I'd, I'd rather have the backlog and yeah. and 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 be busy making them um and and my main problem be sort of keeping people happy whilst they they wait um, right. than than the opposite. So I'd I'd rather I'd rather make less money off of off of more guitars and just have more guitars to make because I love turning up and doing it every day. So, and how did you end up with the situation working with um, the signature model, the public service broadcasting signature model? How did that come about? Jay Wilgoose. Yeah, Jay Wilgoose. That one, Jay. Yeah. So um, there's just a massive fan of the band. I think it would have been at the end of. 2017 so the end of the first sort of full year of the the business thinking who do i which bands do i love which particularly which british bands do i love that i would that i would love to see playing these guitars um and the the, the got down sort of a list of um sort of four or five two of which were public service broadcasting and the other one was one of the others the horrors and and just chucked out some emails <laughs> so unfortunately in the case of sort of jay wilgoose his his email address is on the public service broadcasting website. <laughs> it's, it's quite easy to get hold of him. Um, Josh, Josh was a little bit more roundabout, but um, but yeah, in both cases, just sort of said, I'd, I'd love to build you something. Would you like to have a chat? And um, and and um, both Jay and and Josh are, are lovely guys, and 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 yeah, it was pretty it was pretty straightforward and, and amazing for me to sort of pick up two guys and, and sort of develop a relationship with and, and build guitars for two people that are really respect as, as guitar players and, and, and just mm. the bands sort of in general. But. So here's a question that I'm linking to that. And I've always wanted to ask somebody this question who builds signature guitars. Um, do you get demand for that guitar from a section of, 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 of the fan base? And is, and is it worth doing for that? Or is it worth doing because the association uh, on, then, I guess, in this instance, um, you know, the whole look and the feel complements what you do and it's the association with those kind of artists that then brings the thing together. So the, the the thought process will be a lot of the people looking at your kind of style and and your very particular style will chances are be, be have the same influences as you. So therefore, that's just all part of the reinforcement, part of the journey towards buying um, the guitar. Or is it actually no? I'm going to sell fifty of that model over five years, you know, because there will be some dedicated fans there who just yeah, want no, his, his his guitar. It's definitely it's definitely the the latter, or it has been to date. So they're they're probably the worst sellers in the the catalogue. <laughs> they probably don't want to hear that, but um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's very much sort of the um, the shared shared sort of taste or influence, I guess, yeah. uh, and the and sort of the the profile um, side of things. Um, uh, 
it, it, it's, as much as anything, it's, it's for me to, to see those guitars sort of with those guys sort of it reinforces to me what I'm doing. But yeah, you're right. It also reinforces the brand and, and again, just sort of lifts it to a, another level. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's yeah. I find, I, I've always kind of wondered because I, I mean, for some artists, it will be a play. I mean, yeah, look, if, if Fender do a, if Fender do a, I don't know, um, a, a a Squire Hank Marvin, which I think they probably did at one point. Actually, they did. Yes, uh, they they're going to sell gazillions of them, uh, and and that's that's not a that's not a Strat reinforcement play. That's absolutely about. We know there's this many Hank Marvin fans out there. If we put the thing out that looks approximately right at the right price point, we are going to be able to do a run of half a million, and they're all going to go. Yeah, um, yeah, and yeah. so where where Josh and Jay might be my guitar heroes, I totally appreciate they're not going to be uh, a huge sort of big deal to potentially sort of the the guitar crowd sort of in inverted commas. So um, yeah, I think you're you're right. So if you're talking about signature models associated with uh, sort of the golden age of guitar music, I guess sort of and and sort of sixties seventies onwards then then it's definitely you want the the model that that person played otherwise it's yeah. like it's, it's a different thing it's more of a brand thing though saying that going back to the doctor who thing saying that jay does have a look of matt smith's doctor <laughs> who about him in that particular <laughs> photo you so, see the latest album the new album they've gone completely um white outfits so he's got they've actually had white corduroy suits made which is impressive oh, <laughs> that's really custom impressive. made you can't buy him well i can probably understand why <laughs> <laughs> I sort of get the impression that your um, your music taste it hasn't come through the sort of like the traditional guitar industry music taste at all. Um, it's it's far no. more sort of indie, and and I think that I, I like that because you know I I don't particularly like guitar heroes either, sort of thing, and it, it's just it it's always seemed really narrow to me that you know hmm. here's the steve vai route or the jimmy page route sort of thing and it's just kind of like well there's a whole host of musicians out there that don't follow that sort of like traditional pattern and they never really seem serviced if it was that part of your thinking when you started yeah no definitely i mean i was sort of an enemy kid from 12 or 13 to religiously bought the enemy every every week um and so that that was they were the bands that sort of got me into guitar music but it was guitar music in the sense that no one could really play that well um that's probably doing a lot of disservice but in in the context of comparing that to sort of the guitar heroes of the the 70s Mm. 60s 70s um and it was almost sort of a badge of honor that that if you couldn't play in that way, traditionally the, the the respected way of playing the guitar, that that was a good thing. It was more about the guitar as sort of just a tool for getting something out, for for getting some energy out, or or, or getting sort of a message across, rather than actually any sort of technical ability whatsoever. Um, I don't necessarily prescribe to that so much anymore. I've got older and and uh, have started to lapse into classic rock. And stuff. It's, I've got more diverse music taste now than I did when I was fifteen, which which you would hope. Um, but um, but still, sort of, yeah, that's that's definitely where I was coming out. I didn't didn't feel like I could sell guitars to blues enthusiasts when I'm not a blues enthusiast 
myself that that would have been disingenuous i think so so came at it from an angle of what what would i like to to see mm, you know what you've just described is also john lennon you know who, okay. who who very famously said look you know i can't play guitar i can i can i can make a guitar howl i can make it do what i want but i'm not a guitar player necessarily and and and, and as a tool to get his aggression out and what have you and make a statement um, so it goes all the way to, to Lennon, but I know what you're saying. There's a whole raft of of artists for whom, you know, it, uh, it 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 wasn't the traditional route, and it was a different way of playing, and it was very uh, it was very particular. Um, yeah, and, and and obviously that did also seem to go with the look of an instrument as well, you know. Um, yeah, it's 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 a strange one, and and, and so it, it it sounds like I'm sort of disparaging sort of the the, the group of people who who like that, that that style of music or sort of prescribes to sort of that that way of playing. I'm not at all. It's it's all it's all valid, um, but I think the the for me, I just I feel like I hear the same same stuff a lot um, in yeah. terms of sort of uh, what's regarded as sort of high quality um playing um and and it just doesn't it doesn't necessarily sort of ring any bells with me um yeah coming from a slightly different direction no i did well we we, we're back to that whole thing of it's got to move you hasn't it and 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 technical prowess is is great but if if there's not if, if there's not more if there's not more there than that then it's cold um, no exactly exactly you, know, you, can, think... you can admire it but it's not gonna it's not gonna float you really yeah, absolutely, and and it's a really difficult one when you're sort of working in this industry that um, it's, it's sometimes difficult to sort of separate the two and and to and to make that point without coming across as as critical. Like so there's um, there's so many guys out there who have amazing chops, like and and I am a, I'm a terrible guitarist. So to me, there it's mind blowing what what they can do. But at the same time, it's not it's not the thing that. That that sort of hits me <laughs> in the chest. It's yeah, it's it's much more. It's generally more about sort of lyrics and and beats, and the guitar is a, a part of that mix rather mm. than sort of the the be all and end all. Mm. No, I t- I totally agree. I mean, I'm slightly different style, but I'm a huge Richard Hawley fan. Mm. And again, it's just all about the textures. It's about the songs. It's about the orchestrations. Uh, he has a particular love of sort of Gretsch and, and more hollow body guitars and, and, and it's a, and it's definitely a, you know that that more sort of 50s and early 60s kind of kind of sound um, but it's not you know you wouldn't put him in that classical guitar hero sense but the thing no. that he builds is you know aside from incredible songs he, he's building just these 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 textures and these sounds and he's doing it with a a mix of instruments that you know, aren't the staples of classic rock? Um, yeah. No, and that's and, and and that's what I enjoy. It's, it's the guitar as a sort of an ensemble instrument, and and the, the the possibilities of that that you don't get with any other with any other instrument. So especially when you sort of bring the the incredible variety of pedals and everything else yeah. that goes. The guitar is it just doesn't exist in isolation. There's so much else that goes around it, and the the scope of what you can do is so broad that 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 as a the guitar as a textural instrument uh, and accompanying instrument rather than a lead instrument is is definitely the the thing that that sort of i'm more tuned into i guess than than mm. sort of the, the uh, sort of the wild proficiency so what's next um then um is it just trying to 
hang on the coattails of what you've got, or is the the the, the more the more things coming? No, I think it's, it's always sort of trying to mix things up a bit and, and develop it. At, at the same time, it's it's sort of realistically acknowledging that it's a it's a small sort of growing business, um, and uh, and it takes sort of time to to sort of reach the. The, the the level that you potentially want to. I mean, it'd be great if tomorrow we could go out and hire a few more guys and start to really push it. But the reality of that is that is sort of a, a, a bit different. Um, I'd, I'd I'd love to get to the point where we're sort of um, working, at, sort of running a small a small shop of the sort of style that that Dennis Fano does at, at Novo. I know that's sort of a massive aspiration to drop a name like that. And say, oh yeah, just, I'd love to do this. <laughs> this amazing guy's clearly spent most of his life working on on putting together. But um, but that would be the aspiration to sort of run a, a crew of ten or fifteen people and um, and sort of get to, to that kind of level. But that's that's probably a ways a ways down the road. I think in the short term, um, it's it's sort of getting to finally starting to get to grips with the scale that we're we're now at, which is a level or two up from where we were sort of pre pre pandemic yeah. um and and then sort of push on from from there i'd love to start building some more stock um and and getting out to people and, and speaking to more more dealers at the moment it's because it's just wall-to-wall custom orders that that's amazing mm. that's that that's great to have that sort of business on the books and and the diversity of, of the stuff that we're asked to do is really exciting um but i don't think it helps me sort of reinforce a, a sort of a, a broader perception of exactly what what our guitars are so i think that that would be the next step but like i said realistic about sort of taking it taking it one step at a time and and, and seeing how it goes mm. and do you partner with any dealers at the moment is it all directly through yourself or have you you work yes we've with got a couple we've got um one joe one joe guitars in denmark street um and then also got um the rock in in perth in australia um and then we're talking to a couple of other guys i mean pre just before pandemic hit we had a couple more that were looking to come aboard and then that kind of all fell away understandably seeing as um, guitar shops were pretty <laughs> badly badly hit in terms of the ability to trade um so yeah it's something i'd like to get back to on on that front once we've cleared the current sort of um backlog did you uh, did you do nam no i mean it's yeah it, 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 it again it's the kind of thing where it's it's just it's, it's deciding where the sort of the limited part of money goes and sort of nam is a is a 10 grand plus sort of um <laughs> week or two so it's, um, it's, I'd love to, um, and I think there's there's obviously cheaper ways to do it than that if you sort of partner up with people. But yeah, I think it's it, it, but it's a part part of that is just stock. It's just having the time to build enough stock to even take to a take to a show is um, mm. is a limitation when you when you're doing it all yourself. So it's all yeah, it's definitely definitely on the cards. So well, we've about we've about got to the end of time, and I know we've struggled. You might have heard we've struggled a little bit with Jason's connection tonight. So Jason's kind of been popping in and popping out. Um, I didn't notice, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see what we can cobble together. But uh, no, Matt, it's absolutely been great. Yeah, please, please come back and tell us when you've got because we, you know, it's a, it's a young story. It's a you know, you're, you're still very much in your infancy. I know it probably feels not like that to you because you've been living every single moment of it. But um, we'd love to we'd love to hear more as it as it develops. Um, no, yeah, thank you. No, I will do. And yeah, it's it's a funny one, like you said. It's because sort of doing day in day out, you, you can kind of lose perspective a little bit. But you're you're, you're totally right. It does still very much feel like a, a, a young business. So <laughs> um, I think there's probably more more of a story to tell in a, in a couple of years' time. But it, yeah, it'd be good, great to come back and have a chat. Well, listen, even if. Even if you're a if you're a nailed on Les Paul addict, if you're a nailed on Strat addict, whatever you are, 
you must visit Matt's website because the, the, the this is an astonishing, astonishing assortment of, of guitars. And certainly I agree with Jason, some of the most unique things I've seen for a long, long while. And I am hanging my nose my you know, hanging my nose over at least a couple of these. So I need to be taken away before I if before I commit to something that um I <laughs> I, I, I will I will get shouted at for doing uh, yeah, when Mrs. Fine. Shorts get involved, stick around. Yeah, uh, yeah. Shot. I thought you might say that. I thought you might say that. <laughs> and, you would, would, and the current current lead time, Matt. If I did pick something, uh, about four four to six months, something like that. Mm, okay, so I'd be here in time for Christmas. Um, just uh, okay. Well, listen. Thanks for coming. Great. It's been great to talk to you. Um, and and hopefully we'll we'll catch up soon. No, likewise. Thank you. Thank you. And would you believe it, as per normal, we have forgotten... So, so a little postscript here, and, and that's only because we've forgotten to, to thank Focusrite again. Yeah, this is terrible. I mean, I, I would say that it was my internet connection that it, by the end of it had just completely given up the ghost. And I dropped out of that chat about six times um, the other night. So uh, I'm really sorry, uh, Focusrite, but thank you for your continuing sponsorship and uh, yeah, I mean, this is made using a Scarlet 2i2 and uh, it's the best bit of kit you can get if you want to plug in and record. And I agree that we're actually, we're both, we're kind of hoping that, that, that there might be a new bit of kit coming, but we, we probably shouldn't mention that because we're both on the blag, <laughs> aren't we, a little bit? Yes, always. Uh, so, that, so, the, so we might be telling you that, that you can't do better than a, a Focusrite 2i2 other than the the new thing we might find ourselves with. They've got something that works brilliantly with SM7Bs. Um, and Jason, we've both got SM7Bs, haven't we? These these posh, sure podcasty mics. Yes, we have. I love so, it. Uh, we do. So, um, except Shaw didn't give us these. We had to buy these. Um, if you're listening, Shaw. Um, but uh, but but the, the folks right guys have got something apparently that works fantastic with these and, the, and they, they might be able to sort us out. So, um, but we shouldn't talk about that. No. So you didn't hear that, folks, right? Just just thank you for being lovely chaps, and we love you to bits. Yeah. And uh, thank you for listening. Yes. And you can't tell, can you, that it was kind of cobbled together? No, not at all. Because it's, 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 I've just thought, because it says at the end uh, about about you not having been here, but in reality, it's uh, it's uh, we, we just about managed to get... Matt's an absolute pro. That's the, that's the reason why. He just, he just worked it out, and he just sailed on through. Yeah. I mean, I, I haven't had an internet connection like that since the first lockdown i know and i spent a fortune on extenders bouncing around the house but i i don't know it's just um i think my extender's dying on me i thought you'd gone all retro i thought you'd gone back to cassettes and dial up <laughs> it certainly felt like it the other night i thought you were on free serve <laughs> no the frustrating thing is it's bloody bt fiber which yeah. is supposed to be amazing yeah yeah they've tucked you up around that it's, it's, it's your neck of the woods that's the problem <laughs> all a bit the, leafy the, the problem is that um i live on an estate that i hadn't realized until they were fitting fiber a couple of years ago that has no telegraph poles um, oh. it all comes underground oh. or doesn't or doesn't or doesn't mm. right should we toddle off then all right See okay thanks folks all right cheers bye
Thanks for listening to 9 to 42, the podcast from the team at the Guitar Show UK. If you've enjoyed the show, then please remember to hit the subscribe button and share with other like-minded souls. For more information about 9 to 42, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at the Guitar Show UK. This has been an A Short Stories production. Thank you.